months ago that we would be celebrating Easter in this manner. The church can't meet together for Good Friday services. We can't get together for Easter egg hunts. We can't get together for sunrise services. Can't get together for Easter musicals. None of that is happening. It seems pretty bad. What could be worse? Well, even though everything is so different this year, can you imagine how different things would be, really, if there was no Easter? What would this world be like if Jesus had not risen from the dead? What would our lives be like? The condition of our souls. What would we have to look forward to after this life? We think things are bad now. Oh, but it's nothing compared to what it would be like for us if the, if the tomb were still occupied. Do you know the Bible actually addresses this matter? The Apostle Paul actually pointed out what it would mean for us if Christ would not have risen from the dead. He was writing to the church of Corinth. He was addressing a false doctrine that was circulating at that time. The false doctrine was, the dead don't rise. Paul knew that to be... Paul knew that doctrine was false because Christ had already spoken about the resurrection of the dead and that Christ indeed had arrived, had arisen. So let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want us to consider this morning how different things would be if Christ had not risen from the dead, if there were no Easter. Join me in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 12. We'll read through verse 19. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Jesus have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most miserable. Paul uses two different words in this passage that mean the same thing. Empty. Verse 14 and verse 17, Paul says that if Christ is not risen, then our faith is empty. In other words, if the tomb of Jesus is not empty, then our faith is the word empty is translated vain, futile, worthless, useless, of no purpose. So what does a faith like that look like? What does an empty, no-purpose faith look like? So let's look at, from this passage, if there were no Easter, how the world would be empty. If there were no Easter, the world would be empty of gospel preachers and gospel missionaries. Look at verse 14. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching 
is empty. In other words, there would be no gospel to preach, so there would be no gospel preachers. There would be no gospel, there would be no gospel for missionaries to take into the world, so there'd be no gospel missionaries. No reason to preach, no reason to send missionaries around the world. What is there to preach? There's no gospel, there's no good news to share, nothing that can change people's lives, nothing that can change their hearts, nothing would we have to offer as preachers. I've stood over many a casket at the graveside, and I always remind the loved ones of the precious promises of the resurrection of believers, because the Bible teaches that as Christ was raised, so shall his followers be. I would not be a preacher if there were no resurrection. There would be no preachers, no gospel preachers. There'd be a lot of false preachers. Be a lot of fakes out there, just as there are now. But this world would be empty of gospel preachers. Let me read what one Christian minister said. We might as well throw away the New Testament, the Sermon on the Mount, the miracles of Jesus, the testimony of the apostles. Eliminate that portion of the Bible. And while we're at it, you might as well go ahead and throw away the Old Testament as well, because the Old Testament with the commandments and the prophecies certainly makes little sense apart from the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus. And if Christ is not come, and if he is not risen, then our message is meaningless. We would have to conclude that the disciples and all the earlier followers of Jesus Christ perpetrated the greatest hoax in human history. So you see, if if Christ is not risen, if there were no Easter, there'd be no gospel preachers. There'd be no gospel missionaries. But Christ is alive. The tomb is empty. There is a gospel to preach. And Paul pointed it out right here in chapter 15. Look, if you would, at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. Here's the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. There's the gospel in a nutshell. Christ died, Christ was buried, Christ rose again. We do have a gospel to preach because Christ is alive. The tomb is empty. If there were no resurrection, if there were no Easter, then the world would be empty even of genuine Christians and genuine churches. Look at verse 14 again in verse 15 of 1 Corinthians 15. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is empty. And it says, yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we testified that God raised him from the dead when, in fact, he didn't raise him from the dead. That's if the gospel, that is if the resurrection is not true. We have become false Christians, false witnesses. If we say God raised him from the dead, but he didn't really raise him from the dead, that makes us disingenuous. It makes us unreal. It makes us pretending and lying. Our beliefs and our claims would be bogus. There would be no genuine Christians. There would be no genuine churches. If Jesus is dead, 
there's nothing to believe in. If Jesus is dead, there's no one to worship. If Jesus is dead, all this wonderful worship we've already had this morning, there would be no reason to praise. There would be no reason to sing. We would have no motive for worship. We would have no reason to gather together like we are today. There would be no reason to come to church on Sunday. Why do we come to church on Sunday instead of Saturday? We come on Sunday because that's the day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. There would be no Lord's Day at all. Revelation gives us a glimpse of what this world would look like without genuine Christians or at least without a genuine church of Jesus Christ. No worship of the one true God. What happens is that the world falls into chaos and wickedness reigns. Listen to Revelation 13, 4 through 8. This is when the Antichrist is in power during the Great Tribulation. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe and tongue and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship him. That is, those whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Pick up at verse 14. And he, that is the Antichrist, deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sign of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. You see, that's what the world's going to look like when there are no genuine uh, churches and genuine Christians. Yes, there are some believers there, but they're forbidden. It is outlawed. There is one who reigns during that time, the, the false uh, god, the Antichrist. And uh, it was only for a short time, though. But you see, that's what would happen. If the resurrection had not happened, there would be a world in which we live, there would be no genuine Christians, no genuine churches. Imagine that. You're sitting at home this morning. You're watching this service. You're listening to this word. If Jesus Christ had not risen, you would not be doing that right now. If we had not had this virus, we would all be in this room together. We would be lifting our voices in one accord, singing praise. We would not do that if Jesus had not risen. There would be no reason to church. We wouldn't have church. I have no reason to come. But see, Christ is alive. We do have reason to gather together. We do have reason to sing and to worship and to praise God. We are genuine Christians. We are a genuine church because we believe and we proclaim that Jesus Christ is alive. If there were no Easter, if there were no resurrection of Jesus Christ, the world would be empty of God's grace for forgiveness. Look at verse 17. It's very interesting what Paul says here. 
in 1 Corinthians 15, 17. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Imagine how Peter must have felt all day on that somber Saturday. He had just denied Jesus. After proclaiming how faithful he would be, he would never deny Christ, even if he had to die for Christ. But we know the story, don't we? Peter, three times, almost back to back, denied knowing Christ. The rooster crowed, and realization set in, and Jesus and Peter's eyes met. And Peter's filled with remorse, and he runs away, and he hides, and he weeps all night and probably all day Saturday, beating himself up. How could he do that to Christ, his Lord, his friend? Perhaps he thought this, I'll never see Jesus again to ask him to forgive me for that. I can never be restored to Jesus again. You see, if Christ had not risen, all of our betrayal, all of our denial, all of our abandonment of Christ... All of our lies and cheating and stealing and immorality, all of our pride and selfishness, all of our greed and hatred and bitterness, all of our bad habits, all of our guilt, all of our shame is still on us, still a part of us, not removed. That's what Paul says, if Christ has not risen, you are still in your sins. There's no grace for God's forgiveness if Christ is not risen. So in this world, if Christ has not risen, then there's no grace from God for sins to be forgiven. You see, it's not just the cross of Jesus Christ, but it was the resurrection of Jesus Christ also that purchased our salvation. You see, if Christ has not risen, we're still in our sins. Adrian Rogers One of my favorite preachers said this, that we have no hope of forgiveness apart from the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the full gospel. People want to talk about being a full gospel. There's the full gospel. Christ died. Christ was buried. Christ rose again. That's it. There's nothing else to the gospel. That's it. If he is still in the grave, then God, Adrian Rogers said, if, if Jesus is still in the grave, then God did not accept his sacrifice on Calvary. The resurrection is proof that God accepted Christ's sacrifice for our sins. Romans 1.4 says that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. If there's no resurrection, then there's no Savior. If there's no Savior, then there's no grace for forgiveness. As Dr. Rogers put it, Jesus' death without his resurrection cannot save anybody. Another pastor said it like this, a dead Savior is no Savior. You're still in your sins. What would the world be like without Easter? We'd be still in our sins. Sin would run rampant, more so than it even is now. Oh, how this world would be different if there were really no Easter. This virus didn't cancel Easter. This virus just hindered us from meeting in the same room. It didn't cancel Easter. 
Christ is alive. There is grace for forgiveness. It doesn't matter how long you've been in your sins. It doesn't matter how far away from God you are. God said, I am ready to forgive. His grace is sufficient. He said, I am willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's grace is available to you because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's yours for the asking. It's yours for the taking. It's the free gift of God. Well, if, if Jesus Christ has not risen, if there were no Easter, this world would be empty of the gift of eternal life. Look at verse 18 of chapter, 1 Corinthians 15. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. There would be no glory of heaven. Do you have a loved one who has died? Who is a believer? You see, if there's no Easter, if there's no resurrection then they perished. What does it mean? What does Paul mean when he says they perished? They would perish. It means they would just cease to be. Dead, death, the grave. That would be it. Many people believe that. What a hopeless, what a hopeless thought that once you die, that's it. Well, that's what Paul says. He said, if Christ had not risen, then your loved ones and you, you just perish. Gone for good. You'll never see them again. It's over. Talk about a hopeless existence. One pastor said this, If Christ is not alive, then life is but a cruel joke. All we can look forward to is the downward spiral to the grave. That's all you have to look forward to is the grave. That's the way many people are living today. They have no faith in God, no belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What do they have to look forward to? The grave? Life in this world would be filled with hopelessness. And many of them are. For centuries, the people in Europe looked at the Atlantic Ocean and they wondered, what is beyond? But the scientists of that era concluded there is nothing beyond. Sail to the edge as far as you can see and you will fall off the square earth into oblivion. That's what they thought. Nothing more. And so on the Spanish coat of arms, the words were written, non plus ultra. There is nothing beyond. But then a young explorer by the name of Christopher Columbus sailed westward. He disappeared into the distance. The people wondered, would he ever return? And he did. And he told of his discoveries and unbelievable sights of a fantastic land beyond. Then they said, yes, there, there is more beyond. And so the Spanish coat of arms was changed from non plus ultra, that is no more beyond, to plus ultra, more beyond, more beyond. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a fact. He is alive, and because of that, there is more beyond. That's the point of Paul's writing this to the church in Corinth in chapter 15, was to prove that because Christ was resurrected, then all who are in Christ will live again. You read the whole chapter this afternoon and see the glorious truth of the resurrection of all believers because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And where will we go? We will go to be with him. We will be resurrected to life evermore. But if there is no Easter, 
there's no gift of eternal life. If you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, you're not a recipient of eternal life. But this morning, you can have that gift. You need to place your faith and trust in what Jesus Christ did on Calvary's cross and what he did when he came out of that tomb. The tomb is empty. By the way, I've been there and I've seen it. It is empty. Many of, millions of pilgrims have gone to his tomb and seen that it is empty. But you name another God or you name another religion and you look at their founder and you'll find their finder, founders in the tomb. None of their founders came back to life. That's what sets our faith apart, distinct from every faith in the world, is our founder is alive. His grave is empty. I want to share with you one more thing. If there were no Easter, if Christ had not risen, then this world would be empty of any greater purpose in life. That's what verse 19 is about. In this li- if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men the most miserable. There'd be no greater purpose to live. If all these other things that we've said are true, how meaningless this life would be. All our worry, all of our anxiety, all of our depression, all of our discouragement, all of our fears, all of our skepticism, all of our doubts, all of our hopelessness, all of our misery, we would be of all men the most miserable. If the tomb of Christ is still occupied, the human heart is the epitome of emptiness, misery. If Christ is not risen, we might as well just say, well, let's just eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we will die, and that'll be it. One wise man once said, if Jesus Christ is still in the grave, nothing really matters. But if Jesus Christ came out of that grave, nothing but that really matters. One pastor made this observation. What a cruel joke to think we could spend all of our days living for Christ, yet that it's all for nothing. That if Christ is not risen, it means nothing. It is nothing. Just emptiness, vanity. In his novel, The Lock, Lewis Carroll pictured a lock running around frantically. Imagine a lock, like a little master lock, running around with legs frantically. And someone asks him, why do you run around so at a hurried, frantic pace? And the lock said, I'm, I'm searching for something. Well, what are you searching for? I'm looking for the key to unlock me. That's what people are looking for. They're looking in this life. They're searching. Many of you who are watching today, some of you are searching for the key that will unlock you. The key that will unlock you from the chains of your past. That will unlock your future and your hope. Jesus is that key. And He's alive. He's resurrected. He's not in the grave. The disciples on Saturday, were locked behind closed doors, fearful for their lives. After Christ was dead, crucified, gone, they're locked in that room. 
And Jesus came into that room, didn't have to open the door. He just came in. He was alive after his resurrection, and he showed himself alive. And those disciples were changed forevermore. And it was those disciples that saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ that later the Scripture says in the book of Acts that they turned the world upside down for Jesus. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives life meaning and purpose. Their lives were leashed with a message of hope and eternal life to all who would believe. So if there were no Easter, if there were no resurrection, the world would be empty of gospel preachers. The world would be empty of genuine Christians in churches. The world would be empty of God's grace for forgiveness. The world would be empty of the gift of eternal life. The world would be empty of greater purpose. Yes, this Easter is full of emptiness. Empty stores and businesses. Empty shelves. Empty restaurants. Empty pockets. Maybe empty savings accounts and stock portfolios. Empty churches. But, oh, dear friends, our faith is not empty. Why? Because the tomb of our Savior is. The empty tomb declares a full and meaningful faith for a full and meaningful life. No matter what happens in this world. No matter if this COVID virus gets worse before it gets better. This resurrection of Jesus Christ gives meaning and purpose to our existence here and forever. The stone has been rolled away. By the way, not to let Christ out. Jesus didn't need somebody to roll that stone back for him to let him out, but it was to let his followers in and to see that he is not there. Go back and read the gospel accounts. Example, Matthew 28, verse 6. The angel says to the women, Come and see the place where the Lord was laying. Mark says the same thing. Luke says they went in and did not find the body. John says that uh, John and the women looked in, but Peter went in and saw the burial linen by themselves, but no body. The stone was rolled away so we could see the tomb is empty. So the real question here this morning is not what difference would it make if there were no Easter, for there definitely is an Easter that celebrates the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The real question is, is what difference is the resurrection of Jesus Christ making in your life right now? All those things we talked about, those are things going on in this world. People are ignoring gospel preachers. People are meaningless, hopeless lives. They don't have the Feel God's grace for forgiveness. They're rejecting it. They're rejecting the gift of eternal life. But what about you? What difference is the resurrection of Jesus Christ making in your life? What difference would it make if you believed in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sin? What difference would it make in your life if you believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? How would your life change? How would your future look? What would the next day of your life, what would tomorrow look like for you? Or 
What would it look like if you didn't have a tomorrow? You can this morning. Give your life over to Jesus Christ, the resurrected one. Here's what Jesus said in John 11. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he is dead, yet shall he live. If you're here this morning without Jesus Christ, as any man or woman is without Jesus Christ, you're dead. Oh, you may be sucking oxygen and expelling carbon dioxide, but you're dead. And you know you're dead. The only way you can live, the only way you can have real life is by believing in the one who gave life, who is life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's no such thing as the walking dead in these shows that are depicted. But you, without Christ, are a spiritual zombie. You're walking dead, but you can be made alive. You can be, have the life of the Lord Jesus Christ breathed into you and be given new life. This Easter is really different. But this Easter could be different for you by trusting Jesus Christ. It could be different for you who are believing in Jesus Christ already. In the sense that you say, you know what, I've believed these things with my mind all these years, but I've never really committed my heart and life to proclaiming the message of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to living it out in my life. It's the, the Bible says it's the, the power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us and works in us. To do what? Not just to sit there, but to energize us and to motivate us to live differently in this world, to witness for Christ, and to testify of the great things He has done. Yes, Easter is different this year, but I'm of the persuasion that God is using this to show us some things we couldn't have understood in any other way. I want to close with this poem. Perhaps you read it this week. As it was circulating on Facebook. It's called How the Virus Stole Easter. With a nod and thanks to Dr. Seuss. You'll recognize some of the lines. "'Twas late in 19 when the virus began, ringing chaos and fear to all people, each land. People were sick, hospitals full, doctors overwhelmed, no one in school. As winter gave way to the promise of spring, the virus raged on, touching peasant and king. People hid in their homes from the enemies unseen. They YouTubed and Zoomed, social distanced and cleaned. April approached and churches were closed. There won't be an Easter, the world supposed." There won't be church services and egg hunts are out. No reason for new dresses when we can't go about. Holy Week started as bleak as the rest. The world was focused on masks and on tests. Easter can't happen this year, they proclaimed. Online and at home, it just won't be the same. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, the days came and went. The virus pressed on, it just would not relent. The world woke Sunday and nothing had changed. The virus still menaced. The people estranged. Poo, poo to the saints. The world was grumbling. They're finding out now that no Easter is coming. 
They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two, and then all the saints will all cry, boo-hoo. That noise, said the world, would be something to hear. So it paused, and the world put a hand to its ear. And it did hear a sound coming through all the skies. It started down low, then it started to rise. But the sound wasn't depressed. Why, this sound was triumphant. It couldn't be so, but it grew with abundance. The world stared around, popping its eyes. Then it shook. What it saw was a shocking surprise. Each saint in each nation, the tall and the small, was celebrating Jesus in spite of it all. It hadn't stopped Easter from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the world with its life quite stuck in quarantine stood puzzling and puzzling. Just how can it be? It came without bonnets. It came without bunnies. It came without egg hunts, cantatas, and money. Then the world thought of something it hadn't before. Maybe Easter, it thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe perhaps... Easter means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, the story's not done. What will you do? Will you share with that one? Or two or poor people needing hope in this night? Will you share of the source of your life in this fight? The churches are empty, but so is the tomb. And Jesus is the victor over death, doom, and gloom. So this year at Easter, let this be our prayer. As the virus still rages all around everywhere. May the world see hope when it looks at God's people. May the world see the church is not a building or steeple. May the world find faith in Jesus' death and resurrection. May the world find joy in a time of dejection. May 2020 be known as the year of survival. But not only that, let's start a revival. Let's pray together. Oh God, thank you that Easter is. The resurrection of Jesus Christ not only was, it is. Lord Jesus, you are alive today and forevermore. We proclaim you and that is why we live. That is why we worship. That is why we gather and preach. That is why, what we believe in. That's what we hope in. Because of that, we've received your forgiveness of sin. We've been given the gift of eternal life. And God, thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you. I pray for those this morning who are listening that need to believe in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. Help them to believe this morning. Help them to cry out to you. Lord, as the thief on the cross did, Lord, remember me when you enter your kingdom. And dear friend, if you're watching and listening and that's you, just reach out to God right now. Express your heart to him. Tell him that you believe in him. Tell him that you believe that he died for your sin. Tell him that you believe he rose again. Give him your life. And he will give you your, his. He will save you.
For the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving people today. Not just as a result of what happened here. But Lord, what is happening all over this world. That through the genuine Christians, the genuine church, and the gospel preachers, and the gospel missionaries... Is they're teaching a genuine gospel for a genuine faith and a genuine Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you. And we ask it all in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. And now rejoice, the Lord is King.